the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Just open up your eyes and join me Cause I've been living in the sunshine Having such a nice time Sipping iced coffee as the world drifts by me Living in the sunshine Having such a nice time I won't let the stresses of the world define me No, oh, oh, oh I have to work I, I gotta go to work I've got work to do Haven't you said that? I have at some point in my life, actually most days, pretty much every day, all of us have work. We have work to do. We've got to go to work, got to get to work. I, work. That's such a word we take for granted. Um, the other word we take for granted is rest. So I thought about that over the three-day weekend. You know, you hear that three-day weekend phrase and everybody, oh, yeah, what are you going to do for the three-day weekend? Okay, that was, you know. Uh, a little while ago, but the thing is, when everybody goes back to work, like this week, right, it's the short week, and then that short week made everybody feel like they were cheated out of their week. So now we're here on the pinnacle of the end of that short week, and people felt cheated. Oh, I didn't have enough time. Well, I thought about that. Did you have enough time, or did it just feel like You didn't have enough time or did you manage your time poorly? Maybe you were not aware of the time you had Mm. because this is how I see it. When I was growing up, I used to bag groceries in my grandparents' store and certain bags were for certain things. Back then we had brown paper bags, not like how we do the plastic bags and bring your own bag and those kinds of things. There was a number two bag. There was a number four bag. They had numbers, and they were sizes. And number two bags could only hold so much. So when you look at a bag nowadays, it's hard to judge how much a plastic bag at the grocery store can hold. It depends on the kind of plastic. That's one concept. It also depends on how the bag is originally folded. It gets that complicated. Why? What does that have to do with anything? Watch it. When you look at the size of a bag, sometimes you can overlook the potential that that bag has. As far as spacing, that bag has a lot of opportunity. So here's the thing. When you look at that bag, the size of the bag, and your potential with the bag, if you're a bagger, like some grocery stores still have them, uh, you can check it out yourself. Some stores have baggers still, and when they do bag the groceries, they have to Make the projection. Is this bag going to be big enough? Wait a minute. Oh, no, they don't have to do that anymore. You know why? Because the bags are one size fit all. So the cashier, for example, will ask you, do you need bags today? And you say, oh, no, I, I can carry that. Or no, I can put that in my purse for me. I carry a purse. Um, or some people, ah, I can throw that in my backpack. I don't need a bag. But then there's other people that have like 40 items. They don't have a backpack. They don't have a purse. And they're not trying to carry 40 items in their arms to their car, in some cases to their bicycle. 
I mean, really. So we use a bag. And the person that makes the determination initially about how much space you need is the cashier. And we, on the other side of the register, will just accept what they gave us. We accept the amounts of bags because we trusted their projection of the spacing. Oh, I see you seeing me. <laughs> who, who am I? Oh, I'm Lorraine Carroll, by the way. Yes, this is a show called One of 100, which is now going to be called Carrying the Burden. Did you catch that? C-A-R-I-N-G, Carrying the Burden. Like carrying a bag. Yeah, so work with it. So I take the bags put my items in, and I realize, oh, you know what? I'll need another bag. Have you ever had that cashier give you the side eye? Like, you don't need another bag. Just move stuff around and move, move that and make some more space. I've, I've had them give me that look. I don't know about you. Hey, if they had, they did they look at you like that? Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. That's where you can reach me. That's C-O- N-N-E-C-T. Yeah, you know how to spell it. I know. We have to spell it these days. Sorry. We have a new generation that makes up their own spellings. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. You can find it on the K-Praise website, KPRZ.com, wherever you'd like to find us, and you'll find me, Lorraine Carroll. When you go there, you won't see one of 100 anymore. Is the emphasis of the show still one of 100 things to do? Of course that's never going to leave. Why? Because as caregivers, we always have plus 100 things to do. Just like when you go to that grocery store and have you ever gone in saying, oh, I just need this and that. And then you leave out with 50 things. It's like I came in here to buy a bottle of creamer and a loaf of bread. How did I leave out of here with six bags of groceries? The intention you had and the plan you had, it was to go in Buy two things, but what happened? Distractions. They're called sales. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a great conspiracy. I love it. They will suck me in every time, especially when it's a holiday sale or what I call an associated sale. What, is that? what does that mean, associated? Well, it's winter now, so soup will go on sale. Have you ever noticed that? It's just one time they put it out there. Soup is like half off. Just to get your attention, like, hey, it's time to buy soup. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I need soup. And then you go back because you bought like six cans. And then you go back and it's back to regular price. Yeah, they just got my attention. That's all they wanted. Okay, well, whatever it takes, right? They got you to buy the soup. So at the end of the day, what it comes down to for us in caregiving, we have to measure our time similar to other people, but not quite. Oftentimes people will tell me, well, you know, if you know how to manage your time well, it'll all work out. And I look at them, and on the inside, I'll laugh. If it's somebody that I think can handle it, I'll laugh in their face. And I say, would you like to spend a couple hours with my mom, for whom I care? <laughs> and I gently suggest it, and of course, they turn it down immediately. Why? You know why. <laughs> they don't want to spend that quality time that they could be using for themselves, taking care of some old lady. Who knows what that might entail, right? Well, for us caregivers, it could entail anything on any given day. Some days, it's slow and low is what I call it. Slow and low. 
Easy breezy. In caregiving sometimes, but then there are other times when it's chaotic, frantic, panic. Hey, ho, ho, what's going on? Hey, I don't have any help. Okay, what am I going to do? <sighs> okay, so take a deep breath, Lorraine. It's going to be all right. Jesus. Ooh, that's what I do. I call out the Lord's name. Well, he told me I could use his name. It's kind of like your parents giving you the credit card when you were young. Use this in case of anything. Well, he gave me that permission in the Bible. You can ask anything in my name. And Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a Christian show. See, that's the difference. I told someone there's tons of caregiving shows out there, and he looked shocked. I said, you didn't know? I said, that's right. We are a secluded audience. Um, we have our own pond. You know, whales usually aren't in ponds. So a lot of times people don't think of us. Because we're over here in this little cute secluded pond, and you could get some fish out of it if you need to, supplement that is, that's if you need that supply. Well, if you don't need caregiving in your life, you might not need me. You might not need the caregiver. But we have our own chain. We have our own life chain, our own life support, life systems. Yeah. So the way you see things is not quite how we see it because over here in this pond, the reality is, The same time you have is what I have, oftentimes to do six things to your one thing. You want to challenge me? Let's go. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. I will help you understand. People say, well, it's about time management. Not necessarily. Not when you're a caregiver. It's about taking the time to take time and say, "Whoo, what am I not going to do here? Did you hear that? Oh, so that's why for us caregivers, All of you people that feel you're not a caregiver, even though you are, um, you just haven't acknowledged it, and for whom and where you care, you have to realize that time is for everyone. We all get the same measure of time. My Bible teaches that. So like I told this guy, I said, I'm a Christian caregiver, and that's relative. Globally speaking, a friend of mine just came back from Jerusalem, and he was telling me how Man, Christians over there, they know what they are about. I said, why are you calling them they? And he looked at me in silence um, on the phone (laughs) because I know him well, and I knew what that silence meant. And we began a discussion, and I concluded from the discussion his point that we as Christians in America oftentimes don't know what we stand for as Christians. We're not adamant about our beliefs. Matter of fact, a lot of times we don't really know what we believe. We just take the label and run with it. Christian. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Mom was Christian. Dad was Christian. Yeah, we went to church. Yeah, I'm Christian. Check the label. Yeah, yeah. That one. Put it on my back. I'm Christian. Yeah. Okay. But when the time comes to identify yourself, it's like it's like being in a meeting. If I'm sitting in a room of strangers and I put Anna on my label, am I Anna? No, I'm Lorraine. Why would I have Anna on my label to identify myself? Am I starting stuff here? Absolutely. Because this guy that I just told you about gave me a wonderful revelation about his experience to Jerusalem. So let's go back to that other guy I was telling you about. When I told him there are tons of caregiving shows out there, but not all of them are Christian. So what's the difference between my Christian caregiving show and the others? Well, like I said from the beginning, 
the one thing that the caregiver has to do is acknowledge that they need care. My care comes from the Lord. I have looked at family, friends, I've called people, I've called services, called agencies, and when nobody answers the phone, neither do they call me back. I have to call Jesus. You know, there were a lot of commercials back in the 70s. 1-800, you need prayer. (laughs) I made that up. But you get it. There were. There were a lot of prayer lines. A lot of Christian programming had prayer lines. People began not to believe in them. Why? Because they felt like they're just there to take your money. And truthfully, a lot of them did. Sorrowfully, I have to say that. We have the proof now. Uh Uh-oh. So now what? A lot of people don't believe in Christianity because of the scams? Right. A lot of people don't put their faith in the Lord because they put their faith in the people on the TV instead of the Lord? Right. Did I say that? Yes. Let me say it again. They put their faith, they put their confidence, they put their trust in that pretty woman on the screen telling you, you know, the Lord is going to bless you. And they believed what they said more than the Bible. What's wrong, Lorraine? You sound a little disturbed. I am. I got in a place of despair over the weekend when I realized how I got accused of lack of time management. (laughs) Okay, so you went to work. You only had four days, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to work. Your week, your work week was Cut short. My work day is cut short every day. We all get the same measure of 24 hours in a day. It's nice that you get to have a schedule. Am I complaining? Watch this. I'm comparing. There's a difference. Work with it. If you have 24 hours in a day and you get to plan it and it goes according to your plan, your schedule, great, right? It works out. That doesn't work when you're a caregiver. All you can do is hope it will work out. And that's really the same for the other people. The difference is most people put their faith in themselves, their plan, their clock. I'm watching the clock. I told you at the beginning of the show, I've got work to do. I got to work. I got to go to work. For me, at any moment as a caregiver, I'm working. Even while I'm doing this show, yes, at times I have to actually Look at the phone ring because it's my mother. While you're doing the show, absolutely. My mother, for whom I give the care, yeah, she's calling. Why? Because she didn't pay attention to what I said. She doesn't remember. She doesn't see the note in front of her, whatever. Or sometimes it's, you know, I saw on the news today, mother, remember, I I have a a radio show that I'm doing and I can't answer. I'm doing my show, right? So what do I have to do? Send her to voicemail and hope for the best. We have a system. I hope that it works out. What does that mean? Just what I said. I can only hope. So when you're planning, you have to remember all plans are basically hopes. I had another revelation about this three-day weekend business. You hope you get to go to work tomorrow, right? Same for me. I got to go to work. I've got work to do. Well, hold on. Slow down. We haven't gotten to tomorrow yet. Let's stay in the day. You know, that's one of my big mantras. Stay in the day. That's based on Matthew 6 chapter. Read it all. And when you get to the very last verse, Jesus said it. I'm just following what he said. Remember, I'm a Christian. I know what I stand for. Do I know every single Bible scripture? No, I don't. But I do know in what I firmly believe. Have you asked someone lately, what's your favorite scripture? 
Did they tell you John 3.16? Okay, great. What's your next favorite scripture? This is a Bible challenge. Um, well, I love them all. If they tell you that, you don't have the right to judge them, but you can laugh. <laughs> That's what I do. I say, okay. And I disagree with them. They love them all. And I laugh. Now, my flesh, as we call it in the church, because that's what the Bible identifies it as, meaning my character, my judgment, wants to say, yeah, okay, you don't have any other Bible scriptures that you love, and you really don't know any other than John 3.16, and you learned that one when you were seven. Okay, yeah, that's judgment. I called myself out. It is. It's wrong. But that's what my mind might do or think. I don't have the right to do that because if you just turn the page— in there in Matthew to seven and one, it'll tell me, yeah, don't judge. Don't, don't judge. Don't do that. Okay. Okay. So back to my situation, I've got work to do. You've got 24 hours. I've got 24 hours, but the way we have to disseminate our time could be different. Think about it. Your day might be different from mine because my day is consumed with another person throughout the 24 hour period. Now, I thought about the nurses walking out of the hospitals. Um, I have a nurse that comes to see my mom, and I asked her while my mom was watching the news about the nurses. She's an RN. I said, what do you think about this? And she kind of shook her head tragically, slowly, and she said, I get it. See, I don't get it. I'm not an RN. I have not worked under the stress, the pressures that the nurses have. And when she broke down this calculation for me, She said, well, the expectation is there's 24 hours in the day, and what they're asking nurses to do now are work 10 and 10s. I said, what's 10 and 10? I didn't want to assume. And when she told me, I said, whoa. Okay, let's do the math. She said, well, they expect nurses to work 10 hours, take a four-hour break, and then work 10 hours again. I said, back to back? (laughs) She said, right. And she looked so solemn. And I said, oh, my goodness. Immediately, I had to compare the care. Even though I say on this show, don't compare care. We don't compare care. But I had to think about it for myself as a caregiver. They're caregivers. I don't get discounts where I go because I don't have the badge. But, hey, they're caregivers. And I said, wait a minute. They're giving care. I'm giving care. I'm giving 24-hour care. That four-hour break to me means a lot more probably to someone who does not give care. Because why? They are mandated, allowed permitted, whatever word you want to use, to have a four-hour break. My life does not necessarily allow that as my mother's primary, only daughter, caregiver. So I don't necessarily get breaks. It's, it's about how you see it, how you define a break, your perspective. If you have a perspective about breaks, the laws, yeah, you can email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com, but I'm going to tell you the law of the caregiving land is you have to work more often than you get to rest. Woo! Is that a lamentation part two? Absolutely. Because when I hear people talking about their work week was cheated, I laugh. I go, oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I came in on Tuesday, so I'm behind. Okay. Do I judge them? You need better time management? Are you seeing where I'm going here? I hope so. If not, stay with me because I'm about to arrive to where I'm headed. If you're listening, the whole purpose of me sharing this with you is because Regardless if you've given yourself the title of caregiver, you care about something. I watched Greta. I I love her. I do. If you don't know who Greta is, look her up. And I said, wow, she was willing 
to get arrested for what she cares about. Woo! And she's young. She's my inspiration. So I said, Greta is going to great lengths to demonstrate for what she cares. And she is also willing to go the extra mile and say, I want the world to know that I care. Now, uh, however you choose your extremes, those are your culpabilities. Okay, I'm going to use prayer and wisdom for mine, and I'm going to do my best not to get arrested, but I do what I have to do to exhibit my care. What about you? In times past, since we've been on the air, one of 100, the message has been what? If this is your first time listening today, I'm about to tell you the message. It's the same message. It hasn't changed, even though the title of the show is going to change. But I want you to see the synchronization. The first thing a caregiver has to do is acknowledge that they cannot do it alone. That's why this is a Christian caregiver show. So, fine, you acknowledge you can't do it alone because you're the only one doing it anyway, like me, for the most part. If I get in a crisis, I don't have anybody to say, hey, can you come over and help me out? Um, Not really. Call the fire department? Uh, That's not really their job, unless it's a real emergency. So, So what do you do? What do you do? You call on Jesus, I told you. You pray. You cry out, Jesus, Lord, God, help. You do whatever you need to do for you first. Because if there's no care for the caregiver, there is no care. So caregivers, I have a Bible, and I like what it says in Psalm 55, 22. I've said this to you many days. The burden itself of caregiving is all about perspective. It depends on how you look at it. If you look at caregiving as this big heavy load, I've got to do it all by myself. Nobody cares about me. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to work. I've got so much work to do. I've got the, well, regular people, so to speak, that are not caregivers, so they think, are doing that every day. And they're complaining their way. You complain your way. At the end of the 24 hours, what have you accomplished? Caregivers, all of us. Did you pray today within the 24 hours? Did you even invite the Lord over to your situation and say, hey, could you help me out on this? Did you say, hey, hey, I can't do it. Uh-uh, I can't. Can you come see about me? Did you say to the Lord, you know what? I need some help here. Um, Look, Jesus, let's talk because I don't know what to do. Most of us carry loads, burden, extra work. In fact, a lot of work we shouldn't be carrying. And so when I came to the realization that many caregivers out there that are caregivers, and that's all of us, (laughs) are doing work we don't deserve. What do you mean work we don't deserve? Uh, The burden of the work. See, Psalm 55, 22, cast the burden. I don't have to carry the burden Work with me and listen carefully. Carrying, C-A-R-R-Y, the word carry. Carrying, the gerund when you add it on, carrying, making it that progressive verb. The burden, 
is not what the Christian caregiver should do. What if I'm not a Christian? I'm an atheist. Well, I'm inviting you to cast the burden. Let Jesus carry the load for you. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden. That's a great psalm where David felt like everyone was against him. He had a lot of enemies, and he was in a desolate and desperate place. That's how it is for us as caregivers and people that go to work every day. So why carry the burden? Why do that when you can get rid of it? So continue to listen to me, Lorraine Carroll, weekly, every Saturday at 1030 a.m. right here on KPRZ, 1210 a.m. You can find me on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. We need a song for that, right, Todd? We need to come up with a jingle for all the podcasts where people can listen. Why? Because not only do the people that care for the elderly, the sickly, the infirmed, so to speak, are caregivers. But if you have children, you're a caregiver. You have a pet, uh, you're a caregiver. Oh, I am? Yes. And although our burdens might not all be the same, we're still all caregivers. What do you care about? So as you continue on in 2023, think about, am I carrying the burden or am I carrying the burden? Whoa, did you hear that? That's the big difference for us in 2023. So join me, Lorraine Carroll, every Saturday at 1030 a.m. right here on KPRZ, 1210 a.m. for carry. Wait, what? No, caring like I care. Caring the burden. Aha. Because, see, I don't really have to bear the burden, and I don't really have to carry it. I can cast it. I can give it away. I can say, Lord, here, here you go. And that's that. So join me weekly. Listen to us. Come figure out your life and the things that you're caring about and caring way too much about and the problems that don't really matter, but you're caring about them anyway. Yes, all of that. With me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM. praise. you know us. Find us. This is in the world If I mean no Oh, 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 oh Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com